Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, welcome, peace and blessings, Alafia. Come on in. Welcome to our journey. Come back home to Africa. Come back home 
but I equate weather to the, the challenges, to the things that we otherwise would not want to speak truth to, but are absolutely a part of our everyday experience on some level. And, and if you haven't experienced a challenge, if you haven't experienced a crossroad, indeed, you just aren't old enough. You might not be old enough to be in this audience right now uh, because it's weather. It's unavoidable. No more than we can block the sun, block the rain. We can protect. We can shelter. We can prepare for weather. But ultimately, separate from the whole discussion of heart, we can't control weather. It's, it's a part of the natural cycle of things. Without the weather, there's not that mixing, if you will. And given honor and recognition and praise the powers of the day <laughs> before I move forward. Some of you know who the powers of the day are. If you don't know who the powers of the day are, they're emblematic in what I'm holding in my hand. And we give acknowledgement to the powers of the day that help us create and lay down a foundation. A foundation. Having a foundation and a shelter and a plan and a backup plan and an extra backup plan, as, as one of my mentors suggested to me yesterday, only gives us some layers of protection from the weather. But weather is inevitable. It's inevitable. I find it unique in the telling of the weather, or I should say in how humanity tells of the weather. It speaks a great deal of who and what a person is and, and what they're made of. Sure, there are people who can't stand too much coolness. There are people who can't stand too much heat. For some, it's too always too wet. For others, it's always too dry. But it speaks metaphorically to how people also look at and address those challenges that show up as weather in our lives, in our, in our journey, in our daily existence. I absorb the weather. I, I don't always seek to, to avoid it. Sometimes I might stand out in it. And some of you like to stand out in the rain or play out in the snow or lay out in the sun or, or enjoy your time in the water. But there are deeper, magical, universal laws that are addressed in weather and how we as humanity relate and correlate to weather that show up in how we address challenges in each and every day. I often refer to the elemental understanding, earth, water, fire, air and ether or, or mind and consciousness, which without or read, without your head, you indeed can't operate within the rest of the body because this also represents the, uh, the body, the head, two arms, two legs. It, it's the sign and the number of humanity. Some would say it's a sign of man. Uh, some would say it's a sign of human or humanity. And so it is within those elements that we, as, as men and women, Hello. as people, 
find contradiction in weather on any given day and how we've been addressed that. First, within, because we speak our truth, we create and recreate our reality. And even that which you are abiding, even that which you think you're not saying, is, is still being projected out in energy. Energy is eternal. That's a universal law. That's a mathematical law. And so to some degree, it's, it's a scientific law. But, but it's also a quantum metaphysical law that one must understand and understand how to navigate in. And in order to clearly understand the spiritual realm and the realm that we work in as seers, healers, practitioners, metaphysicians, mathematicians, even artisans and musicians. There is a book that I often suggest that people read, that people will set up, particularly my clients, my godchildren, my initiates. And that book is The Secret Teachings of All Ages by Manly P. Hall. Anyone who professes an understanding of astrology, tarot reading, occult science, should absolutely read this book. It includes this understanding about octaves that I'm referring to right now. When I say even the musician and the artisan are operating in the realm of spirit, are operating in the realm of magic, are operating to some degree in the realm of ministry, because one must first be able to access the imagination. And without your imagination, you have no spiritual dimension. You have no spiritual depth. Um, sometimes imagination is, is stripped from us in this culture, particularly in Western culture. And you are taught against your imagination as you grow up, as you develop. You're allowed an imaginary friend uh, as a child of a certain age. But, but an adult or, or adolescent with an imaginary friend um, might get labeled uh, as having some kind of mental health disorder. So our culture, Western culture, whether you be in the UK or the US or even Japan or China to some degree, I know you'd like to um, assume your, your roots in, in Asian and East Asian uh, uh, history and culture and legend and tradition. Uh, but to some degree, you've also stepped well into the Western uh, platform of, of thinking and, and identifying. And for those of you who don't understand, this show is universal. <laughs> this show is international, um, and we are able to monitor that by way of my Block Talk Radio um, listenership, uh, not just in the Block Talk Radio platform, but anywhere that Block Talk Radio is um, uh, audible, uh, whether that be iTunes or some of the other podcast platforms. So we know we have people in Benin and in Nigeria and in Egypt and in Israel who listen and, and perhaps enjoy the show or maybe find the show curious. So to a great degree, if we're on the Internet, if, if you're using technology, you're in the Western world. You're part of the West that we speak of when we, when we label and, and, and draw up our statistics and try and compare it to what would otherwise be 
old world tradition or indigenous world tradition or the way we've done things traditionally, um, but typically preceding 50 to 100 years or, or 400 years or 1,000 years. So the idea that our world is linear and rich is a new concept in, in, in the scheme of things when we compare it to how our ancestors viewed the world. And so whether it's a great symbolic, emblematic representation of how we address challenges in, in our daily, daily lives and in our uh, life paths. Caller, let me open your line before I um, neglect you. Area code 678. Who's calling and where are you calling from? My name is Natasha, and I'm calling from Jonesboro, Georgia. Greetings, peace and blessings, and welcome to the show. Uh, did you have a question or comment? Um, yes, I do. Um, this is my first time calling in, and I guess it's more of like um, a spiritual work type of question. Okay. If it's not too personal, go, go ahead. Okay, um, I believe that something, well, not something, someone has put, like, roots on, not roots, but did some evil something. They did something to me. Um, and I guess I want to know how can I remove it? Because <laughs> I know they Girl, did something. That huh? messy. It doesn't get any more personal than, than a question like that. You're asking me now. And I'm willing to do it if you want to do it live on air. But you're asking me right now to make a lot of uh, judgments, particularly if I'm not about to go into a a full-scale divination with you. So so listen to me now. You're asking me to judge your, your content, your character, your mental health. Your state of mm-hmm. wellness and being right here live on the air and then tell you how to diagnose that. And I, and I appreciate the opportunity to address this. So I'm not going to address you directly. It's inappropriate. <laughs> okay? But if okay. you want to talk about it from a more private and personal level, please send me an email. Don't hang up. Send me an email at divineprince at houseofthedivineprince.com and I'll address it as a professional. But in this platform, because it's a public platform, I have to address the topic and not you in a way that everybody that's a part of this space right now can can benefit from that. Understand? So yes, if I'm going to address that type, that type of question, and I appreciate your being patient with, with my bedside manner. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I first have to ask, how long have you been practicing roots? How long have you been working in the realm of conscience? How many years of authentic voodoo or hoodoo practice do you have? Now, again, this don't answer because this ain't personal to you. I'm talking to everybody okay. who's listening. Now. That's what okay. I'm going to ask anybody, whether it's in private or on air. That's one of the first things I'm going to ask you. And so usually, mm-hmm. now this might not be the case with you, usually I'm going to get not a whole lot or not much. So, so that's going back to my original statement. You're asking me to make judgment about who you are and what you know. 
right here live on air. And so that you or anybody should take with anyone who's discussing these traditions, and particularly in a way that makes them YouTube Live can see me. I'm trying to be diplomatic. I'm trying to find my words. Um, Mm -hmm. What you're asking is for me to make some sense of how much you even understand about hoodoo and root working and conjuring. To even ask you that. The second thing I would be is okay, well, so you maybe you don't know the practice, maybe you don't know the tradition. Who verified that for you? That, that would be the next step verification. So then you would go to a practitioner of mm-hmm. that practice, such as myself, and get verification of, of that condition. Now, Listen, I appreciate the opportunity to address this. This is a challenge for me with many clients today. And that, that uh-huh. is the question of mental health. Some callers, some emailers, <laughs> some direct message, you know, requests don't even want to discuss mental health or, or, or uh-huh. have a relationship with it that's adversarial. So they're not even open to challenging that. So I always preference it with the law. A healer, a spiritualist, a practitioner who does not have a degree in mental health cannot address mental health. No more than I can address breast cancer or prostate cancer as a healer. The fact that we can go Mm -hmm. into DMT or or into Whole Foods and self-medicate and self-care is an act of law. And, it, and in some cases, it's an act of um, personal right. You know, we have a right to choose what foods we're going to eat, how we're going to self-care, how we're going to take care of our children, as opposed to always relying on the system. Um, I'm going to mute you just a bit because you got some background notes going on. Um, in terms of addressing those, those areas of concern, a professional healer is going to ask that. I, I would ask that in a request. Now, once you rule out that there isn't some mental health thing going on, that there aren't other spiritual conditions that then might be going on. Um, for example, one might think it's hoodoo or conscious, and it might be jinn. It might be demons. It might be lower form energy that can create the illusion and the dilutions that then show up in real world time. Uh, For many of my listeners, whether you identify with Christianity or not, many of my listeners are are well-versed in the Bible. So, and if you don't want to use the Bible as a a reference, use math. (laughs) Use, use, Einstein, who said that all energy is eternal, all energy is created at the Big Bang, at the beginning of creation, and so how we identify negative or positive, the black space in the yin-yang or the white space in the yin-yang, or the two circles that then occupy the insides of those yin-yangs, 
They speak to dimensional layers of our reality. Einstein also mathematically established that in order for our reality to exist, we must then coexist in at least 11 other dimensional spaces at once. This is all Google, Google searchable, being searchable. I'm not saying anything right now that any of you can't go and, and locate uh, in, in your search and, and get your own understanding of what I'm trying to express. So when we think about root work, conjure, obia, uh, witchcraft even, there is that act of throwing the curse, putting the jinx on people, putting the hex on people. But then there's also a whole nother range of, uh, for lack of better wording, I'm going to call demonology cards that many people are not addressing today. I talked about this briefly on a previous show, um, in the last two or three shows, um, the relationship that we built in pop culture in the last, let's say, 20 years around angels, or fairies, or gnomes. We even can buy them now for our kids at the store, and they're pink, and they're blue, and they're pastel colors, and they look like marshmallows, and they're cute. But at the same time, we've seen sort of a silencing of the literature and the teaching and the knowledge that goes along with that. Unless you are an erudite, and I often say that I have the most erudite audience um, in the podcast stratosphere. Uh, my, my audience is very well studied, very well read, often knows exactly what I'm talking about, can, can spit out titles and authors of books before I can uh, get them out good. I, I just have to start describing what I'm talking about. So the erudite listener, the erudite viewer is a little bit more aware of uh, demonology and uh, mind control is it, a new modern safer word, mind control and, and propaganda manipulation. Um, and, and some of this can even be accredited to advertising, whether it's for the, for the horror movie or, or the comic book or, or, or for the safety product or, or, or for life insurance. There's a whole element of fear that is often used also to introduce people to not only new information, but new energetic forms, also called jinn. And, and, and jinn then can become demonic attachment. So, so there's not just the exorcist thing that we know and, and, and the head spins around and, you know, you've got cabinets and doors opening and closing. Now you might even be discussing a poltergeist. And so these spiritual phenomenon are well uh, documented. They are well fine-tuned in terms of how they act or how they operate. Um, sometimes I have to question the source. Uh, sometimes I have the caller or the, the email request um, that can't clarify the source of said hoodoo or conjure, which is critical in hoodoo or conjure. There has to be a human participant, human body present in the work. That's not the case with a gem. That's not the case with a demonic presence. That's not the case with, with, with alien um, manifestation. If you believe what's being said 
um, among alien enthusiasts and many of the alien-based um, uh, reality uh, shows and documentaries that, that we are now, again, in pop culture, seeing and being exposed to. And with the internet and social media and uh, uh, search engines like Google, everyone now has access to it, no matter what their training is, no matter what their um, their um, exposure is to this knowledge and or information. Greetings, everyone. Um, greetings, Naja Amistad. Please forgive me, beloved. I, I just started talking and I got in, and that's why Naja as the administrator is here to help me. Um, I don't mean to uh, overlook my chat. Thy market's art, peace and blessings. Um, it's just, it's, you know, it's a lot to do. <laughs> your newscasters and your radio broadcasters got a lot to do, a lot to read and look at and pay attention to in the course during the show. And I'm playing uh, two different platforms. So please forgive me for not always checking my phone line in Block Talk Radio. Um, caller, you're still with me. I appreciate that. Um, um, I unmute you when I'm not in umbrella. If you have something to say or you have more questions, you can hit me with that, um, if you will. And of course, people in YouTube can still chat your questions in the chat box in all capital letters so that I can see it. And Nadja Amistad can help me to distinguish it from the other greetings and other conversations. Um, that's going on in the chat. Oh, y'all right. Greetings. Salutations. Jennifer Anton. Peace and blessings. Seven the gentlemen. I appreciate your consistent um, support and listenership. Aziza, 73, Imani, Bankofa, greetings and salutations to everyone uh, in both YouTube Live and, and radio. So, caller in Blog Talk Radio. Um, there, there, there's a clear, distinct, um, specific uh, way of identifying not only what something is, but then what path, what tradition, what lineage it might then be tied to. Um, it's almost like the X-Files. Remember the X-Files, <laughs> you know, where they, you know, from a scientific perspective, researched, you know, all sorts of weird and magical and, and unexplained um, paranormal phenomena. Um, and so we're talking about paranormal phenomena. Um, and again, the English language is so corrupted in that um, one word, one syllable, portions of a word can have so many different root meanings and, and then symbolic and emblematic attachments to it based on how we then use them in our in our conversation. At any given point in history, um, what fag means today is not what fag meant 400 years ago. Um, you know, so words evolve. What gay means today is not what gay meant five, 500 years ago. So what a gen is and how we identify angels um, and, and other spirits slash paranormal phenomena um, has been corrupted to some degree by pop cultural interest and the creative license that comes with pop cultural interest. 
Um, I've said often that Charm, the old Charm, was one of my favorite shows back in the day because it borrowed from real, authentic, organic spirit form demonstrations, but then gave it to us in a way that's TV, that's, you know, sitcom, you know, that's that's 30-minute, you know, broadcast with commercials that made it entertaining and accessible to a wider range of people who otherwise might not have necessarily had magical or spiritual um, understanding or questions or inclinations whatsoever. So there's a general overuse now of certain words um, like hoodoo and obeya and witchcraft. You know, some people say it's all dark-sided. Some people say it's all witchcraft. Um, then those of us who operate within these systems know that there's a clear distinction between what these um, uh, emblematic scenarios are and then how to address them. So the remedy is not a vitamin. It's not a aspirin. It's not a, a fix-all pill. And should be specific to the individual condition how that thing is manifesting. So if there's no documentation, much like you would a rash or, or, or even the procession of your cold. You know, if you have a cold or what you think is a cold, you expect it to last 24 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours, whatever that thing might be. Uh, if it worsens or it lasts more than a week, then you might decide, okay, there might really be something else wrong. And so you then seek a professional to to address it. And and things like obia and and many curses often are not so easily self addressable. They're not so easily self um, diagnosable um, w- without some real knowledge of how these things and these practices and these systems work. So I pray I was able to address your question uh, to the best of my ability in a public platform. Please absolutely send me uh, your private questions or comments about that by email. I'd be more than happy to address that. Um, Yeah, uh, Keona, that's a great uh, question to ask. Um, Who we've had sexual contact with? we've had physical contact with, um, even what degree of energetic contact we've had with certain people, places, or things can then lead to symptomatic, problematic issues that then get uh, generalized as someone put roots on me, uh, as a curse. Uh, even if you examine the skeleton key when um, the girl goes into the root shop, the hoodoo shop, and is talking to the mambo. And the girl is talking about one thing, but you could see through the mambo's response, she's listening to something completely different. And it's a technique that I often utilize in my practice. Um, people will have their story together when they reach out to me. People will have their, their understanding of what's going on when they reach out to you, much like if you went to your doctor, your gynecologist, but they're listening for 
very specific things, things that are, are a part of a pattern, either within your, your body and, and your manifestation, within that of other patients, of a particular demographic, a particular age group. Uh, and then once they rule that thing out, then they move on to, is it viral? Uh, is it, you know, something else? Um, is it genetic? Uh, and so there's a similar process that has to happen. If someone is qualified to look at what it is, what the root of that thing is, and then how to to fix and repair it. And often when you're talking about gen, demonic presence, there's a whole nother level of mind influence that also comes into play. Um, and so sometimes that shows up as people um, not only being resistant to other ideas about what something might be or not be, uh, but with the intention of presenting, preventing the host, the client, from not only accessing the help that they need, but even in, in the accessing of it, the application, therefore, of it. Um, and, and, and again, with imagination and creativity as it shows up in, in entertainment, people expect things to be magical. People expect things to be instantaneous. Uh, and, and indeed, there are manifestations that are, are instantaneous. Uh, we, we say that's faith healing. Uh, we say that's miraculous. Uh, but those things happen under very specific environments and very specific circumstances. We might even say it's contingent upon, to a great deal, the belief and the awareness of the individual that's, that's in the experience. Um, Tony Young, what's the best way or the best book for an introduction to voodoo? Um, there is no best book. Uh, and, I'm, and of course, I'm going to explain that. Um, on the one hand, you have the authors who are presenting very generic information about these practices, whether it's blue, whether it's ephod. Well, ephod is the most detailed. Because of the presence of, of the Yoruba throughout the world, their high level of education and their ability to to get their, their material out to a world market. Uh, but when you say voodoo, first, we're talking about West Africa, Togo, Benin, Fon, Eve, people who are now in Ghana and, and some places in Nigeria. So we're talking about language, language or linguistic differences that the quote unquote Western reader it's not well versed in or, or easily made access to. Um, of course, there's Google Translate and and learning languages, you know, from the root. Um, but that requires some time and, and some skill and some practice. Voodoo, as we view it often in the West, is not rooted in, in its tradition or its lineage that be Louisiana voodoo, Mississippi voodoo, Haitian voodoo, uh, uh, Puerto Rican voodoo, Dominican manifestations of voodoo, Brazilian manifestations of voodoo. Voodoo, just like your DNA, just like your progeny, 
um, redeveloped where it may. So it was brought to the new world. It was deposited where we were deposited, uh, and then it evolved. Then it became the new Odu. Then, then it became the new Lo Loa in the new location. And organized systems grew up around that based on lineage, geographic location, and then whatever the, the historic or political uh, or warlike conditions uh, that existed around our ability to save, maintain, and then carry forward the practice into a new way. So any idea that there's somehow uh, authentic and uncorrupted and touched uh, voodoo is an illusion in itself. Even if we look at Togo, for instance, Benin, for instance, and we need now see the imagery of Hindu symbolism outside the temple walls. We now see the imagery of, of Europeans painted outside the temple walls. So we absolutely see an amalgamation, a syncretization. Synchronizing an amalgamation is not specific to Black America. It's not specific to Latin Central South America. It's not specific to enslavement in the Middle Passage, though that adds a whole nother degree of element to it and, and to how. But, but the whole practice of colonialism and, and the missionary work that goes along with that. And when we say colonialism and missionary, you know, again, we, we keep it in a very Christian vein of things, not taking into account the Islamic influence and effect and appropriation and syncretization Stigmatization that has also taken place in um, Voodoo, Ifa, Yoruba. Alafia is a Yoruba word with Arabic roots. Alafia is not a, a Yoruba rooted word, it's an Arabic, Arabic rooted word. So there's a synchronizing that happens through human evolution, through the movement of people, the desire to conquer, divide destroy, and it now takes on a new manifestation, um, Tony Young, in, in commercialism, in, in pop culture, in social media stratospheres, where now it's not just the interest in our traditions that's thriving and sought after, but the interested persons who are now sought after for their economic monetary retail value. Uh, the idea that you now can buy powders and buy roots and buy herbs and buy plants that otherwise we have to harvest, that otherwise we have to be able to identify and be able to go into nature and, 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 and pick and harvest for ourselves and bring them into the work. And ideally, that is the most organic, the most natural, the most honest, the most purest way. Just like we like to think about food, holistic eating, green living, vegan uh, um, mindset. Um, we want our food untouched, unprocessed, uncorrupted, handled by man as little as possible, uh, unsynthesized, unmonetized, etc. Uh, and so voodoo and the study of voodoo, then it's going to require you, Tony Young, to read more than one book 
uh, language books, geography books, you know, encyclopedias, um, um, and even, again, Google Translate, uh, thesauruses, all of that um, is going to be required to really be able to get any kind of introductory understanding in a book about voodoo, what voodoo is, and how voodoo works. Um, there are some pictographic books that I, that, that I don't have a title for off the top of my head. I have several um, bookshelves. I have a Google, my Google books. Um, there's a social media site called um, Shelf Something. Oh wow! But 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 I'll get I'll I'll bring that back to the platform. I'll locate the information, make sure not to have it, so I can get into into the chat. Uh, I have places where I store all all my books. Um, I'm often asked what to read. I say read everything. Um, read everything um, because it's in that that you get clarity and consistency about what is true, what is real, and, and what is absolutely operative um, in the tradition. Um, and so I, I can't say that there's any particular book or any one particular book that's not in my Google book listing or my Shelfari, that's what it's called, Shelfari.com or some of the other places where we're allowed to interject books. I think I have a bookshelf in in Facebook. Don't we have a bookshelf in Facebook? So I might have some of my um, more useful voodoo books um, listed there. And of course, there are the books that, that I have and that I make accessible to my godchildren and my and my initiates. Um, much like going to school or the university, uh, it's not that these books are secret or not easily uh, uh, accessible. It is that these books are not easily accessible. Uh, they're either in Yoruba or in other languages or very expensive books. Um, I have some Ebe and some Yoruba books in, in hundreds of dollars um, that go into what Odus are and how they work and and deeper levels of understanding about what tradition is. Um, Fawn is understudied uh, in this uh, uh, universal world of, of voodoo worldwide. Fawn is understudied. Eve, as a people, as a language, as a culture, is understudied in our understanding of what voodoo is. Mami Wata, uh, give praises to, to Priestess Vivian for, for her initiation, study, experience, and, and life uh, worth of, of valuable information. She's a, She would be, Tony Young, my number one author. Is that a better answer? Um, Priestess Vivian. She would be my number one author as it relates to written material, uh, book material, uh, as it relates to voodoo. Understanding of voodoo, the study of voodoo, um, and particularly how it applies to us here in the West. It covers the history, the tradition, uh, the corruption of it, the appropriation of it, 
the synchronizing of it. Just give me a second trying to um, give you some more information about who I'm talking about. She has several um, websites in which she operates from. Um, she's probably most universally known by www.mommywata.com. Um, that's the quickest, easiest way to locate Mama Zazi, Chief Honan, Amengasi, PhD. She is a African American uh, who then uh, spent many years and, and, and time studying and traveling and going back and forth to West Africa, and then bringing that information forward in a contextual way uh, that is both academic, I would say, but also good reading um, for the average who might not necessarily um, know and, and understand um, textbook-like material. It is indeed textbook-like. Um, Mama Vivian is no joke. She goes into great detail. Um, the website is mamiwata.com, M-A-M-I-W-A-T-A.com, mamiwata.com. Um, and she talks about every aspect of voodoo that I personally feel is important, necessary, perfect to having a, 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 a clear foundation to study and move forward in your voodoo understanding, Tony. Uh, so I haven't seen you in the chat in a few seconds, um, but Tony Young, hear me and the rest of my listeners and viewers, that, that for me, that would be ground is with Mama Vivian. Now, if you got Mama Vivian's understanding down, um, then you're in a good place. Uh, and she covers a great deal of what my elders taught me. She covers a great deal of what I know and taught and has shared in this space uh, in the last uh, 15 years. Uh, so I, I have a great deal of pride and respect for uh, Mama Vivian, Mama, Mommy Wata, Mama Vivian, and her work and how it continues to show up in our journey, particularly in the diaspora, to connect and reconnect with voodoo and voodoo-based traditions. Um, uh, the book that I mentioned earlier in the show, if y'all give me a second, I'll pull that book up. For you. That book is The Secret Teaching of the Ages by Manly P. Hall. The Secret Teaching of the Ages by Manly P. Hall. And if you give me a second, I know where that book and many other really powerful books <laughs> are available online 
for free unless you just want to buy the book for yourself. Another bookshelf that I use is called Goodreads.com. I am on Goodreads.com, so please, you can befriend me there. I'll be glad to befriend you back. Uh, this book is also available by PDF, but there are various PDF servers, and so I'm not going to get into that. So I'm going to pop this link for my Blog Talk Radio listeners. That would be sacred hyphen text.com. And there's a little bit more to it if you're trying to get specifically to this book. That's sacredtext.com. No, no, no. Sacred-text.com forward slash S-O, E-S-O, forward slash S-T-A. And, and, and a whole lot more that comes after that. So if you're in the um, YouTube chat, you've got it. Uh, if you're in uh, Blog Talk Radio, it's sacred-text.com forward slash S-O-E-S-O forward slash star F-T-A forward slash index I-N-D-E-X dot h t m it is a part of the website known as sacred text so you can even type in sacred text.com and it should take you there and this book is called the secret teachings of all ages i once upon a time had a huge hard copy tabletop version of this book. It even had color plates and added information in it that um, is not available online or in some of the uh, more modern versions of the book. Uh, And it was stolen uh, from me in in Milwaukee along with several other things. Um, Needless to say that neighborhood doesn't exist anymore, but that's a whole other story. Uh, but this book, The Secret Teachers of All Ages, is, in my opinion, uh, one of the most rooted and profound demonstrations of early occult information that any good student, scholar, teacher should have access to. Uh, some of the things in this book, the ancient mysteries and secret societies, which have influenced Modern Masonic Symbolism. The Ancient Mysteries and Secret Societies, Part 2, Part 3. Atlantis and the Gods of Antiquity. The Life and Teachings of Thoth Hermes, Transmagitia. The Initiation of the Pyramid. Isis, the Virgin of the World. The Sun, a Universal Deity. The Zodiac and its Signs. Uh, and many more uh, just powerful subject matter, uh, chapters, um, cultures, practices, uh, Kabbalistic cosmology, 
um, numerology uh, as it at its root. And when I say root, I'm talking about a historical timeline uh, that predates sort of our modern romance with many of these practices and traditions. Um, it, it talks about alchemy. It talks about the paternity of the of the rose cross, the tabernacle in the wilderness. Um, only but a few uh, may have even heard of some of these these subject matters. Uh, I was in my early 20s when I uh, encountered and was introduced to this information, and so it greatly enhanced and influenced my relationship to these subject matters henceforth. Even in the way that I read tarot cards, how I view tarot cards, and my attitude and or opinion about tarot cards is greatly rooted in the things that I learned and read um, in this book. Uh, thank you, Naja Amistad, our administrator, for helping me to keep it together uh, and for helping me to acknowledge my questions uh, and my comments that I might be um, overlooking uh, in the chat. Keon, I hope I addressed your questions. Uh, am I missing something? Anyone? Please type your questions in all capitals in chat so that both myself and, and Nadja uh, can see them and, and answer them for you live on air. Uh, you can also call in and listen in by way of my blog talk radio profile. That's B-L-O-G. If you have a problem with my articulation, it's B-L-O-G blog talk radio.com forward slash the hyphen divine hyphen print. The live listening and calling number is area code 845-277-9143. It's like university um, studying. And, And I think what I'm neglecting to share with you is the passion. Um, and I know many of you have the passion, but whatever your subject is, I heaven forbid, whatever major you choose for yourself at the academic level, at the collegiate level, should be something that you have a passion for, should be something that you love, should be something that you feel um, an, an intense emotional uh, relative connection to. And so, Voodoo should be deeper than the skin level. It should be deeper than the surface level. It should be deeper than wanting to fix and repair and change very superficial things. When you understand and gain understanding that this is so much bigger and so much broader and so much more powerful than that. Respect the voodoo. I say respect the voodoo. It's so much bigger and so much more powerful many of our carnal, you know, desires that we all have and possess at some level as as humans, it's indicative of humanity uh, and your humanity. We often view it as a judgment or a reason to be critical or or judgmental, uh, but it's a, a consistent, ever-present reminder of our humanity and our connection to earth and earth law and earth science. 
but we also operate in a realm of spirit, in a realm of God and goddess consciousness that supersedes spell work, that supersedes witchcraft, that supersedes voodoo dolls, you know, that supersedes um, many of the rudimentary level, elementary level arena in which many of our pop cultural representatives of voodoo, root work, and conjure, or would be representatives, would have you to think, say, or believe. And and if you understand on any level what I'm saying, just like you would teach your children what an advertisement is, what a TV commercial is, what might be real or not real about a TV commercial, what might be embellished about a TV commercial. We don't teach ourselves and our children that TV commercials are actual, factual, scientific, documentable representations of something other than television. Now, can something truthful be represented? Of course. Can real products be sold? Of course. But we also understand that there's a whole nother level of movie magic, TV magic, that takes place in how things are uh, projected at us through advertising, through commercials, through symbology, through the emblematic representation of uh, a thought, an idea. We, we, we are, are put in a position to believe that the toothpaste is going to make you younger, thinner, more virile, more erectile, functionable, you know, whatever the product is, the toothpaste, the soap, the detergent, the dishwashing liquid you use, uh, whatever the product is, whatever the brand is. And then there are brands that operate in a, in a place. Uh, uh, I don't want to start naming off brands, particularly brands that I don't have any connection, direct connection to, uh, but that, that represent uh, insurance, for instance, or medical uh, ideas or products or services, for instance, things that we might take more seriously, uh, as if we shouldn't take what we eat seriously, but we often give less rules to how we allow ourselves to be manipulated about what we put in our bodies as opposed to what we allow to live and exist and reside within our bodies. Often, uh, in the explaining to people what Asperger's is and what having adult autism feels like. And I often describe it as being just below the skin. It's something that, that we can feel. It's, it's, it's just as strong as emotion. It's just as strong as, as your instinct or intuition. And we process all energy, all emotion in that way. And I think as an empath, as a reader, as a spiritualist, that is, that is heightened to, to a great degree. So certain commercials, certain songs, certain voices, certain personalities, um, just like you probably do to protect your children from bullshit. I had to turn up, turn down, tune out to protect myself from bullshit. And you must apply these same filters in addressing your circle your peer group, 
what you're allowing yourself to be exposed to each and every day. Some of us are watching reality TV and and um, negative news programming and documentaries that only focus in on murder and killing and mayhem uh, and, and, and conspiracies that, that show up in, in negative ways uh, in, our, in our reality. But you might not curse or, or you might not find yourself to be that, 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 that argumentative or, or that aggressive uh, at, at a personal level in terms of how you would view your own personal character but you're absorbing in that energy. Uh, even I catch myself doing the work on the computer, writing the book, typing the letter, whatever it is that I might be scanning or addressing, reading the script. And I often pay attention to what background noise do I have going on. Um, what is that thing that, that's on mute but is projecting imagery at you? Uh, have you ever fell asleep with the TV on and been woken up by a particular commercial, a particular song, or, or a particular pattern of, of light imagery that was able to get past your eyelids in your sleep state and, and wake you up? Uh, Exorcist does me that way. Um, Psycho does me that way. Um, so there's certain channels, certain uh, mediums that I don't fall asleep with those uh, programming, the, that energy present, um, because it's now able to enter subconscious mind. And so social media and, and how we interact with our internet by way of search engines and taglines and tag words, while they help us to locate and find certain energy that we might very well have a genuine interest in, it also makes us that much more accessible and countable and documentable and locatable uh, because it suggests that we all share a common interest. Um, if you who follow me on Instagram have been targeted for that reason. So you now have this, prefer, prefer, uh, this uh, plethora of Babalaos and fake Ianitas and fake Babalaos and fake Hulu practitioners and if you believe what you're seeing in Instagram, everybody's a Hooten practitioner. Everybody's the conjure man. Everybody's proficient in this, if you believe what's going on in Instagram. Uh, but it's also being targeted at you and at us because of your genuine interest and desire for real information, for real content, and real explanations to real subject matter. So it also makes you a target of the the con man, the the, the, the trying to get your money and, and, and exploit you in Nigeria or Ghana or the U.S. or, or wherever they might be hiding and or residing. So I often ask you to check the footprint. Check the history if you don't understand what I mean when I say footprint. Check the footprint. What were they doing five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago? And where is that footprint? The Internet has been around since I was in junior high school. Uh, and, and there's a great deal of information that has been migrated onto the Internet um, that 
predates the internet itself. So the idea of privacy uh, has transformed, talking about words and ideas that have transformed. What privacy meant 500 years ago is not what privacy means today. And so the idea that people operate in any way within these practices and these traditions fluently, proficiently, successfully, and not have a footprint is just crazy. Um, I welcome each and every one of you for your questions, comments, requests, whether you be on the phone line, press the number one on your telephone keypad, it will sort of raise your hand actually, and I'll know to open your mic. My call-in number is 845-277-9443. And then you can also type in your questions, all capital letters, uh, in the YouTube live platform that you wish me to respond to. Um, and and Nadja will also help me to sort of sift the questions out from some of the other conversation, uh, positive, helpful conversation that's going on in the YouTube uh, uh, live chat box. Yes, I would be very careful. Just, just as many of you are careful about what you want, let your children watch, absorb, listen to when they're wide awake, when they're wide awake and conscious. So we are also conscious of what we allow ourselves to hear and be exposed to even in our sleeping state. Uh, some of you have to be in complete darkness when you sleep. Some of you can't have noise when you sleep. Some of us have blacked up curtains, you know, to the windows, you know, but can abide noise. Some people cannot abide noise, um, but can abide light. Uh, one of my best, best friends can sleep anywhere and in any environment. So <clears throat> our levels of consciousness and our levels of awareness um, shift depending on person, place, thing, and of course, condition and environment, but also shift based on what levels of consciousness we are shifting in. So we know that when we sleep, we go into other realms of sleep, deeper realms of sleep, different algorithms of sleep that allow for deeper levels of dreaming, more realistic levels of dreaming. Some algorithms enhance memory, others do not enhance memory. Sometimes the deeper you go, the farther out you go, the more you lose in cognitive memory. Um, and so I stress journaling, um, keeping a journal, writing down what you're remembering, what you're feeling. Sometimes you don't remember the details of the dream. Write down what you feel uh, by any, uh, you know, by all means, if you have symptoms, uh, um, can smell things hear things, so those symptomatic type conditionings you definitely want to journal and keep track of. But anybody who wants to be proficient in any spirit practice should be journaling. It should be a, a great deal of, of what you do um, in order to not only maintain record of your experience, but maintain record of your experiment. You might find that you act and respond and experience very different frequency and therefore very different levels of manifestation.
association with particular stones or particular plants or particular roots uh, on your physical body, uh, on your person in, in any particular scenario. Uh, I used to love to test things in my work environment uh, when I, uh, before I became disabled and, and, and stopped working in quote-unquote regular job, um, I was always in an office, always in an office, always in a chair, always at a computer, always at the desk, always at the reception, always at the phone. Uh, and so it was a great environment for testing things. And often the items, the concoctions, the potions that were being tested uh, were things that could be worn and hidden uh, beneath my clothes, in my pocket, you know, maybe the stuff I was wearing. Um, with the idea of eliciting and anticipating not always a specific response, though that became a part of my my own scientific level testing. As is, as is with new crystals, for instance, because all crystals are very individual, just like all humans are. So this apothelite is going to have a very specific thing to it, attached to it, bound in it, operating in it, as opposed to another piece of apostolite. Uh, I've got several pieces of quartz. The idea that you just need one rose quartz or you just need one um, uh, 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 piece of gold or you just need one uh, herb uh, is similar to the idea that you only need one vitamin or one food item to survive. Um, no one can survive on just water. No one can survive on just vitamin C. And indeed, some of these things can become toxic and even set up imbalance if they're not taken, digested, and allowed to process imbalance. Some things set up in our body and can become toxic over time. It can be overdone. Vitamin C can be overdone. Um, I've taken vitamin C until my glands fold up. Vitamin C can be dangerous in large quantities, um, whereas there are other uh, minerals, vitamins uh, that pass through us much quicker, much easier, um, and, and don't necessarily stick and adhere and, and build up. And so spirit energy, spirit vibration, and the fine-tuning of our spirit armor works in a very similar way in that the amount of Hematite I might require might not be the amount of hematite the next person or individual might require. And then it's contingent on what the battle is, what the challenge is, what the crossroads is, what that thing is we're seeing results as the ultimate outcome. So we're looking at texting and and curses and, and ovia and, and, and looking at it in a negative context, in the attack context, it introduces a whole nother uh, list of ideas and questions that must be examined and bring clarity to what that thing is and, and then attacking and or battling it. And often in many cases when negative work is being done, it is the jinn itself, it is the demon itself, or the angel itself, or the power itself that is being invoked into the product to do the work. 
And so not only are we addressing some mathematical, scientific combination of equations of what a spell is and, and then how to undo that, but then how to attack that particular gem, that particular force. And we don't have enough, as, as I said earlier in the conversation, discussion, instruction, conversation even about humanology and, and gen and how they continue to show up even in a modern context and much of what we say, do, and believe. And it does not require your believing any more than hoodoo requires your believing. Uh, it's also another misconception promoted by skeleton keys um, and many uh, fictitious representations of these traditions. Uh, the idea that belief in God is necessary or the lack thereof is necessary. The idea that the belief in the devil is somehow necessary or, or the lack thereof is somehow necessary um, for competency uh, at the conscious level, at the head level, uh, is an illusion. And it's a strong illusion. Uh, there, there's a quote, uh, if I can remember correctly, about uh, the greatest lie uh, uh, the devil has ever told is that he does not exist. And then the flip side of that in today's romantic culture is the embracement of Lucifer and Luciferic concepts and Satanism and Satanic ideas and concepts. Um, sometimes it's just entertainment, uh, particularly with some of our younger generation. It's salacious. It's something that you can say that either raises the hair on people's, people's neck or, or makes people uncomfortable or, or gets a reaction. Uh, but the average person having any contact uh, with anything supernatural uh, is going to first respond in fear uh, because we are all, for the most part, programmed for fear first. There's a, there's a, a survival element, a, a very divine and humanistic need for the element of fear below our heart chakra. Now, now fear can't exist in the heart chakra and it creates blockages in the heart chakra. But fear has its place in the, in the chakra below the heart chakra. Uh, it keeps us alive. It keeps us alert to danger. It makes us aware of things that we should be aware of um, when we should be aware of them, um, when we would otherwise be distracted by life and or other things. But then when fear is allowed to surpass its appropriate location within the chakra system, it then interrupts your heart, your love chakra. It then interrupts your voice, it creates a fear that prevents you from speaking your truth, saying your truth, saying what needs to be said uh, at any given moment. It then blocks you at your third eye and it's your sixth chakra and your ability to see clearly. Fear prevents many people from being able to access meditation clearly and appropriately uh, because of a fear of what we may see and uh, a fear of what we we conceive that we might not be able to have control over. It's a natural human, uh, it's programmed into your humanness uh, from the very beginning. 
but it's something that we we mature with. Uh, we, we we learn to mature over our fear around gas, for instance, or our fear around fire, for instance, or our fear around water, for instance. Whereas young children who have limited experience with those things might have a greater deal of fear, even if that fear is just an illusion for them in the moment. It's a fear of the unknown, unseen, a fear of the untested, a fear of something you have not experienced and don't have skill set for. And so the best case scenario is we, we grow, we mature, we, we learn, we're edified, we're educated. Uh, we have experiences that test our, our uh, comfort level with the stove or with the car or with the power tool. Uh, and, and so that fear then takes on a different category. There's a place for fear that keeps us cautious, that keeps us aware. You know, you're working with propane, you should be cautious and aware. Uh, you're working with your, your, your space heaters, uh, particularly those of you who are dealing with this weather, uh, cold weather, winter weather, snowstorms, uh, uh, blistering, uh, freezing temperatures. Uh, many of you are dealing with physical, meteorological weather. Uh, but we're also experiencing it in our personal lives, in our political lives. It's in our government. It's in our workspaces. Heaven forbid it's in, it's in your love lives. And it becomes a much bigger thing. It takes on a life form entity of its, of its own. So fear has its appropriate place, but then it evolves if you will, it, it sheds and becomes something a little bit more wisdom and experience space as we apply the things that we see in, in a dream state or in a trance state or in a, in a visionary state. The idea of losing control is, is a fearful concept for many of you. The idea of trust is a fearful concept for many of you. Not just in trusting me or trusting the next person, but trust in yourself, trust in what you may see or not see or feel you can be in control of now that you enter this domain that's not taught, that's not uh, instructed uh, in our general educational uh, uh, system, and often not even in our religious system. We talk about religion, we teach religion, we teach protocols of religion, but there's very little spiritual context, spiritual discussion, spiritual conversation happening, even at the religious level. I'm grateful for each and every one of you um, and, and for your questions or comments. Jim Anderson, your question, how do you know if you've been hexed, is, is similar, if not the uh, different side of the same coin as what the caller was asking um, about addressing um, hex being hex or being cursed. Um, if I were to address it in its most general way, um, 
once you deduce that it's not physical, that it's not hormonal, that it's not chemical, then we look at is it environmental? And are, are the manifestations something that are happening within you or around you? For instance, a cursed location is cursed for everybody, not just you or not just one person. Uh, and even if people don't have the exposure to it to receive the, the, the cursed location, um, the fear is palatable. The energy, the negative energy is palatable. So, so since we're invoking skeleton keys, um, the, the black girl, Daphne, I think was her name in Skeleton Keys, um, she feared it. She said she didn't fear it, but she wasn't going to play with it. She wasn't going to mess around with it. And they often spoke of the community having a general understanding about a particular place, having a, having a curse or a hex or, or a gen, but very few of them were willing to even go there and test that uh, to see if, it, if there was any truth to it. Um, much like how rumors grow and survive, uh, you might not be the person who believes the rumor, but you allow yourself to listen to it. You allow yourself to take the gossip in, and it then becomes a part of your spirit body. And so now you might not feel you act differently, but you absolutely now act differently in, in the environment of that person, place, or thing. You now have this new information. You may not have decided pro, con, A, B, or C, or D, but now you've been corrupted. You've now been affected by, you've now been influenced by an, an energy form, a, a thought um, we live in a day and time now where people want spoiler alert. People don't want too many details about the movie, about the book, about the event, so that they can experience that thing for themselves. Um, and so there's a certain maturity in being able to remove yourself from a trance, from a vision, from a particular occurrence, and then be able to identify what it is, what that source is, and then how to break it and or address it. Um, a hex might cause something to uh, become irreparable that should be repairable. A hex might create a reoccurring loop in time, place, and energy that can be often recreated or seen show up more than once with a particular person, place, and or thing. Um, a hence a curse, an act of witchcraft often has a goal in mind, a result in mind that can be traced back to the source, uh, that can the motivation, the energy behind. You know when someone again brings you that juicy piece of gossip and information, and you and you ask yourself, now why would they say that, or why would they do that, or what would be the reason for that? And often you're trying to make 
sense of bring rationale something that's in no way rational. Uh, in, in, in which case, you're looking at the hex, the curse, the act of witchcraft. It does not make sense. It's not lining up scientifically. It's not being addressed uh, when normally it should be addressed or, or responded to with a particular application. You now are considering that you're dealing with a hex or, or, or a curse or some act of, of conscious, uh, motivated witchcraft. That, and, and that then gives you half of your answer to now how you're going to address it. You now know what you're dealing with, what system you might be operating in, um, usages of, of practices and traditions repeat themselves over time, particularly things that are, are um, successful are for sure going to be copied, duplicated, um, even bastardized and appropriated. Um, it's only successful uh, with the one, then you're going to have a dozen others that are going to seek to try. And, and the fact that they don't necessarily have success with it or gain result with it does not then mean that that thing is not successful. Um, it, it just may not be successful for you. And you may not be qualified or called to. Um, it just might not be your thing. Uh, we're not called to bake. We're not all called to do hair. We're not all called to be uh, jewelers and, and, and metallurgists. Uh, we're not all called to be pharmacists. Um, and, and, and medical professionals. Um, so we know our lane. Um, and, and when you don't have the information, we then seek qualified professionals or qualified resources for that information. Uh, another sign of a hex um, would be Again, there's going to be an energetic connection back to the source, the perpetrator, the controller, because they, they're they setting off of energy, a beacon of energy connected to their desire. So you often hear me say witchcraft is ego. And, and often when we start talking about hexing, we're talking about ego. Hexing is a form of witchcraft. Uh, black magic, former witchcraft, um, things that use ego in place of integrity, morality, righteousness, well, how it affects the whole. Because, again, energy is eternal, so it all affects the whole. My darkness affects everyone's darkness. Your darkness affects everyone's darkness. My light affects everyone's light and can overpower my own darkness. Therefore, it can also overpower the darkness of others. I like to describe light work, positive work, healing, reparative, transformative, um, illuminating would be symptoms of, or, or responses to positive work. Wickedness, evil, requires the digestion of negative energy. So it takes a lot of energy to keep a grudge alive, to keep hate alive, to, to keep a, a revengeful spirit alive. 
particularly one that then survives into energetic form, a gem, a, 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 a poltergeist. Um, a, 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 a black hole is created in space-time that then allows that energy to set up and coexist in a person, place, or thing where it otherwise, like a cold or a flu bug, a virus, would have antibodies or T-cells that would naturally attack that thing. Your goodwill, your good energy uh, would naturally attack a thing. So we live today in a society where there's more depression than ever. There is more mental health uh, than ever. There is more uh, anxiety than ever. Those things can also erode and corrode your spirit body. So if you're much more likely to think and assume the worst, you also are feeding what otherwise might just be the evil eye, what might otherwise just have been a passing negative thought form, and are now turning it into a gem, something bigger. And then that can show up like a hex, and it's not a hex at all. It's not a hex at all. So it's, it's complicated. It's why... Even the Catholic Church uh, takes exorcism very seriously. Um, some of you might not believe in exorcism, um, but indeed we see examples of evil and the manifestation of, of evil and darkness, uh, and even the manifestation of goodness and light without explanation that makes no sense. We see that manifest within the realm of human humanity and human nature. Um, each and every day. So it is only amplified. It only grows. It can only be a bigger thing um, within the, the confines of the spirit realm itself. The magnified understanding the not uh, established by Einstein as it relates to our reality. Uh, within those 11 dimensional spaces that I mentioned in the first hour show, uh, is the propensity and the probability of anything that we can imagine. So whatever your worst fears are, are already realized. If you, if you can already think them, see them, envision them, they're already realized in one of those 11 dimensional time spaces. And he has documented 11, but it's a general understanding through what's called string theory that it could very well be multiple layers or even more dimensional spaces than just the 11. So that is why for some people who have broken the membrane, if you will, in the spirit realm, your anxiety becomes more real. The thing that you think that you feel, can see, can envision, are anticipating becomes more real. And so you, you just, your palms are sweaty, you have palpitations, um, your heart is racing, the dream or the anxiety feels extremely real in, the, in that moment, in that space, because you are now operating in multidimensional time space, inter or intra-dimensional time space. And so for the impact or the 
psychic or the spiritualist or the visionary, this space is more real for others, less real for others. Some people are colorblind, literally and figuratively. So with your physical eye, you have a limited color spectrum or color range. So too in your third eye, you might have a heightened range, but in a different spectrum of light than what we normally operate in every day. And so when we think of a hex, a curse, something that someone consciously can attach or bind to us or to an individual, it is much easier transferable than what we commonly give it credit for. I think in the last show I said that that's transferable as a common cold. If you are ignorant to it, if you are unaware of it, and, and, and if you're not even willing or have the consciousness to acknowledge its presence and its relative presence in reality. So, so you're less likely to protect yourself from the common goal or the flu if you don't even know it exists. If we look back in, in time, in history, before we understood what germs were, antibodies were, uh, there was a time, particularly when we look at what's written in, in European culture, that they didn't understand what germs were, what bacteria were. We're talking about something you cannot see with the physical eye that we now all accept as truth and reality based on science. Not many of us in this room have studied biology or have been in a lab or have actually seen it in a, in a, uh, a test tube or or in a microscope or under a microscope or have bothered to even research it to identify something that we can't see with an eye. So the idea that there were bugs, that there were monsters, that there were gin lurking on surfaces that we were transferring from one another that increased the probabilities for the spread of a plague or, or some sort of condition. Um, was was much more common in the ancient world than, than our present day understanding. And so our present day understanding has crippled us to some degree as it relates to spirit activity. <clears throat> and indeed, we should check, is it health? Is it finances? Is it wealth? Is it physical environment? Is it who we are around? Uh, we should absolutely check those things at, at every level. But there are clear demarkers for hexes, for witchcraft, for black magic. And the person whose spirit, whose light, whose prayer life, whose meditative life, whose ritual life, whose spirit life is strong, is uh, like a savings account. You you paid into this account, then they're less likely to be affected by an outside, consciously provoked and or uh, driven hex, spell, evil eye. Some, some of you, are, you know, are like Teflon, okay? And the evil eye don't affect you. Um, when we look at certain professions, when we look at certain vices, uh, for instance, um, some people have no problem uh, with nudity. Some people have no problem with 
you know, being public in a sexual way. Uh, some of you probably wouldn't have a problem having actual sex right out in public, uh, whereas others might feel a sense of modesty, might, might feel a sense of um, embarrassment, might feel a sense of shame, uh, you know, and, and so you might cover up, you might protect for that, you might go out of your way to be conscious that you're living and demonstrating uh, commensary to your comfort level not just your religion or your tradition or maybe the cultural nuances of where you live, you know, but for who you are as a person, uh, as an individual. So <clears throat> I hope I'm able to address um, all of your questions. Help me, Nadja, if I'm not getting them. Helen Austin Davis, thank you so much for being present and for participating um, and articulating your, your question in all caps in the chat. Just out of curiosity, she asked, how do we view the spirit of the Geodia? Do you believe them as evil? Okay, now, again, you're, you're now using cultural, linguistic, Ethnic nuances that must be addressed in in uh, responding to your question. Someone asked me in the last few days, and I'm gonna say it was in it was in YouTube. It was in YouTube Live about um, the Hona, which is a, a manifestation in Haitian, not Haitian, in Hawaiian culture. Uh, and then how that too shows up or manifests. So you're basically describing witchcraft. Any controlling of, conjuring of, the idea that we can invoke spirit to do carnal bidding. And that's the key word, carnal. What's carnal? What's canality? What's fleshly? what is bound to earth and lower level vibrational energy. So, you know, we use karma. I use karma and I use chakra because in, the, in romancing in the pop culture, that's a word and an understanding that many of us have. So, kernel, that which feeds pleasure, that which feeds the flesh, that which feeds immediate gratification. And now, Immediate gratification, gratification is not always that thing. I mean, you got to pee, you need immediate gratification. Uh, some health practitioners and dietitians and, and doctors would say immediate gratification, if you got to pee, is the healthiest way to go. Uh, holding your pee is not a healthy thing, okay? But if we're studying something other than holding your pee, <laughs> okay, and, and we're talking about immediate gratification, uh, uh, you're thirsty, immediate gratification, okay? But you're thirsty for a particular thing in the middle of your biology class, in the middle of church service. Okay, now that's a different modality. So sometimes we can be so detail-oriented in the West 
uh, not just because we're looking for the shortcuts of things, but because we're trying to make sense of them and understand them in a way that, that we can process. So the invoking, binding, controlling, harnessing of demons and of jinn with the notion of doing what is carnal. And carnal doesn't immediately denote good or bad, right or wrong, evil or wicked versus righteous and, and, and pure, but, but just denotes um, before the fourth chakra, before heart consciousness comes into play, before throat consciousness and word consciousness comes into play which you can't even really understand what I'm going to say. You can't even really operate in your fifth chakra without your sixth and seventh chakra. It's sort of a, a misnomer that's not fully taught in the West, even in the, in the chakra system. They're literally placed out of order if you count the chakras in a linear way from one to seven to your crown. You can't operate in your mouth if you can't operate in your head. You first got to know what you're going to say. You first got to understand what's being said. You first got to understand what's the topic of discussion. You first got to, you know, and what's your place in it. So binding, controlling, using demons, gen to do things is a level of, of witchcraft that should be at all touched at the level of mastery. And if you're operating at the level of mastery, then you know that going into these octaves, though you may be able to do it, doesn't mean that you should do it. Though you can do it, doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do. So we all walk through the grocery store every day. Okay, you can eat everything off the shelf if you like. It's not the right thing to do. It's not legal. It has consequences. You can be arrested. You're probably on field tape for eating that apple or eating them two bananas, you know, but we all consciously choose to acknowledge the rule. And, and I use that because it's probably the most open place that many of us are at any given day. Um, I also mentioned that because I saw a, a comment about that yesterday. Um, if, if you're in the grocery store and you see a homeless person eat the apple, eat the grape, you know, what do you do? What, what do you say? What is your response? Is it right or wrong? Uh, even back in the 70s, I can remember the, the thought question being asked, you know, if, if your children are hungry and you steal the steak, is it, is it right? Is it wrong? Is it good? Is it evil? You know, and, and so there's the legality, logistical um, context of doing something, creating something. So we say healing, and we say that's a positive thing. Clearing, we say, we say that's a positive thing. Um, purification, we say that's a positive thing. Um, prosperity work. Now, now, when does prosperity work become greed? When does prosperity work become fleshly, become carnal? become limited to that that only exists below the heart chakra. <clears throat> and if we look at the chakras below the heart chakra as being survival-based, that might be part of the answer. Is it necessary 
if it's for survival, um, when we think of, you know, the vegan or the vegetarian and their attitude towards um, animals versus the meat eater and, and the carnivore and, and the average human's attitude towards animals, is, is it necessary? The vegan would say, no, it's not necessary. Some doctors might say it's absolutely necessary to some degree. So there are degrees uh, or, or relative truths that should be applied when we talk about magic, spirit, conjuring. Uh, when does conjuring become control and an ego-based control? I want to bind and tether this man or this woman to me for my pleasure, for my needs, for my sexual desire, for my financial um, benefit. Uh, to the exclusion of their will, and will is a divine gift. It is innate and inherent to all humanity. Will, will. We afford will even to the disabled individual. How much will do we afford to children? Or, 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 or do we seek to control their will to the best of our ability? It would probably be as specific and as unique to the parent that's involved or, or to the teacher or to the mentor or to the leader that's involved. And so we know there are examples of people who will always cross the line for their own pleasure, their own desire, for their own grief, for their own lust, for their own um, – because they want to. They're those who want to apply – pain, pressure, torture, unhappiness just because they want to, just because they don't like you, just because you're not them, you know, and, and how do we describe the degrees and, and levels of unhealthy insanity that can manifest when you give power to any given individual? I believe we don't see or believe we don't see, because I believe it's a fog. It's a it's a fog. It's it's a veil. It's a myth that God and goddess and spirits have lowered that prevent us from seeing full blown magic. That prevent us from seeing full blown miraculous. Because we do live and exist in a time where. Some aspects of humanity are carnal-based. If some of you had true access to magic, to voodoo, to witchcraft, to hoodoo, to conjure, to root work, the way you envision it, half of humanity would now not exist. You probably wouldn't have a president. Our culture society would be in an uproar right now. The banks would be empty. <laughs> there wouldn't be a bar of gold left in Fort Knox, if there is at all. Uh, if some of you had free will access to spirit power and spirit knowledge, and that is part of the veil, that is part of initiation, literally and figuratively, usage of higher information and knowledge 
the responsibility attached with that type of knowledge often determines what we call, what we view as a hex, what we call or what we view as, as obia, negative obia. You never hear anybody talk about obia in the positive. And obia is, is more positive than, than it's negative. Um, any spirit practice is more positive than it is negative. If the practitioners and operators with that operate thusly, uh, if the person is prone to darkness, has been infected with darkness, has been influenced with darkness, then they're more likely to to operate within darkness, within the realm of darkness. So, um, Gokia and, and witchcraft and black magic and and things that seek to control um, are often based in ego and therefore have a toxin attached to it, have a price attached to it. Uh, it's often said, you know, the devil will give you anything in the world, but there's a price attached to it. Uh, but it's all about really the even exchange of energy more so than how we view the word Christ, how we view retail and value in a modern world context. In a, in a uh, uncivilized world, a world without banks, a world without credit cards, a world without green money, um, our idea of value uh, would shift. Um, um, bartering, trading, resource, um, providing a resource in exchange for another resource providing a skill in exchange for another skill, and, and preferably a skill that you're proficient in, a skill that you're better at. Uh, I, I'm not just better at the law than I am, not just better at protocols and rules than I am. Uh, um, might even be better at financing uh, to some degree than I am. Uh, but there are not many who are better at food than I am. But there are not very many who are better at uh, quantum metaphysics than I am. Um, there are not very many people who are better at um, uh, transcending time and space than I am. And, and so we all have our gifts. We all have our skills. We all have those things that we are born with that we develop and then those things that we learn under pressure because it's needed, because it's necessary. We learn to pay our bills because if you don't learn to pay your bills, then you learn how to be evicted or you learn how to go without power for long periods of time. You know, you learn how to go without internet for long periods of time. So magic, go power and skill and ability transfers often the same way. We either develop our skill out of necessity um, um, or, or out of wanting, or out of a desire for, or, or out of a passion for. Please do allow me your questions, your comments, your requests. Do type them in all capital letters. I will be losing my live audience uh, in the next five minutes. Uh, it's probably already running down out of time for you to dial in to 845. 277-9143. Press the number one on your telephone keypad, area code 203, area code 301, area code 212, area code 214. I don't know what 214 is, uh, but 
please do press the number one on your telephone keypad. I'll open your mic if you have a question, comment, criticism, or request. Um, just press the number one on your telephone keypad. If you are already on the mic, as are the very codes that I just enumerated, you will on the phone line until you hang up or I hang up, you'll continue to hear what's being said uh, as Block Talk Radio go, go automatically into archive. My Block Talk Radio audience can always go back, and everyone can always go back and listen in archive 24 hours a day, seven days a week at your leisure and convenience at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the hyphen divine hyphen prince. Yeah, um, I'm just seeing your question, Helen, about witchcraft. I probably answered it already. (laughs) I believe witchcraft to be carnal, to be ego, to be uh, lustful, to be greedy, uh, to be disproportionate, uh, if you will. I'm trying right now, which is why I'm going within, to envision a reasoning behind witchcraft that would otherwise be seen as helpful, needy, or good. And there is the, the destruction of the mind of the ability to know how to operate in and control witchcraft to the benefit of others. It has a, a historical, contextual place in indigenous cultures, both here in America, in Asia, and in Africa. Uh, but even in, in, in that context, within those worlds, um, particularly Africa, the usage of the word and the idea of witchcraft in Africa is a negative, um, Helen. Um, they don't even call it the same thing as healing. Uh, as Obia, as 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 Ifa, as Fa, they don't even call it that. They call it witchcraft, and it's the way we in the West view witchcraft, uh, save for that useful element to witchcraft that that I see only demonstrated in the West. It is primarily only in the West that people still choose to believe that using witchcraft to manipulate loving relationships, for instance, or even to manipulate fortune is a good thing. Because as I said, once you invoke ego into play, you're now bringing imbalance to the yin-yang symbol. You're now bringing imbalance to what is good and usefully good and, and what is taking advantage of are getting more than your due portion. Wanting to utilize rituals, ceremonies, tools, implements, uh, powers, and forces for your for your protection, for the protection of others, for the benefit of others is a useful thing. Uh, when we see the sign of the gargoyle, for instance, something that we we see as a demonic face, emblematically, symbolically that's set upon the building, the structure, the housing, with the sole purpose of protecting it from evil. Um, in many cultures, it is said that you present something darker, more scarier, more diabolical 
in order to pr protect and bend against the dark and the diabolical and the evil. But in modern context, in modern context, we now see witchcraft being a more of a personal thing. Um, and, and people wanting to control, dominate, destroy, primarily for ego-based. Retributive magic is, is maybe a form that is acceptable. Retributive magic. And there's a place for retributive magic in all indigenous and world cultures. Um, when we see the uh, secret societies, for instance, in West Africa um, that are incorporated or are part of the Egungun or ancestral mass society, there's a celebratory element where the ancestors are being represented, are being celebrated, are being invoked uh, for our instruction, for our uh, will or the blessing uh, to impart useful, needed information. But there was also the, the policing, the justice element of Egon which is lesser known and less talked about in the world because we view that as vigilantalism in the West. The idea of the mass ancestors coming out at midnight Kidnapping the pedophile, kidnapping the murderer, kidnapping the racist, kidnapping the thief, and cutting off your hand, or, or you disappearing and, and not turning. The idea of the zombie uh, in Haitian voodoo has somehow been corrupted to some degree, away from this very idea that the appropriate applied application of, of concoction of herbs, roots, plants, etc., to lessen the power, strength, mobility of something who would otherwise do harm, bring evil to the village, to the community, has now been shifted into more about controlling people to impoverish your corn, uh, which is how it was demonstrated in um, Serpent and the Rainbow, uh, using zombie power for selfish, foolish, earthly-based, carnal-based desire. And when I say earthly-based, carnal-based, understand what elementals are, not just your elves, your gnomes, your fairies, uh, but when we say jinn, they incorporate these deities, but also other spirit forms that we don't discuss a whole lot, which are the more darker, dimensions negative power forces that exist within nature. So there are forces in nature that must break down, that must destroy, that must putrefy, or, or we'd have a planet of, of dead bodies around us. We'd have a planet of dead animals around us. The life that is generated and regenerated over and over again um, would have nowhere to go, would have no way of, of recycling back into nature. Humanity has taken these principles to, to another level. And it is about selfish wants and needs we're, we're often when we discuss and talk about and ask about um, witchcraft and, witch, 
craft-like practices. Hello? <clears throat> Are you there? Now, um, expose, um, again, you're talking about culture. You're talking about ethnicity. You're talking about tradition. Just in, in the invoking of the word Babylon, unless you're using Christian energy. I, I remember back in the day when I was a dreadlock, dreadlock roster, um, you know, we call people Babylonians as a derogatory statement. It was worse to be called a Babylonian than to be called, you know, a bitch, a whore, you know, out of your name. Uh, but, but I'm assuming in your usage of the word Babylon, we, we're talking about culture, practice, tradition. And I don't mean what we see in the Bible. Even, even the Bible sought to demonize not only Babylon, but the Bible also sought to demonize Egypt. So I'm talking about practice, tradition. And so I'm, I'm assuming, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that's what you're talking about. And so somehow... Through Christian labeling, through Islamic labeling, much of that became labeled as, for instance, paganism. So we say that's paganism. But for many people, paganism and witchcraft are synonymous, and they are not. We believe indigenous practice and tradition is somehow synonymous with paganism, and it is not. We believe that any ritual cultural practice is ethnocultural practice is somehow witchcraft, and it is not. That's how a Christian would describe it. That's how a Muslim would describe it. That's how people who have been sort of influenced by that mindset. Uh, but it is not. Uh, if I had to reduce it to its most common, its lowest common denominator, um, it's ego. It's ego. Witchcraft is ego. The idea of, of, of using elemental forces, nature, plant life, animal life, mineral life, uh, um, gemstone life, for, for, you know, human flesh, hair, fingernails, for control, for empowerment, to enforce your will where it would not allow the next person to enforce theirs is witchcraft. In my opinion, that's my answer to the question. If we're talking about healing, we're talking about healing. If we're talking about empowerment, then we're talking about self-empowerment or collective empowerment, uh, communal empowerment. Um, but ego is what de determines negative spell work, negative ritual work, witchcraft is, is about ego and, and using that to assert yourself where you otherwise would not be in nature. When we see nature consume itself, when we see the uh, uh, the cat eat the bird, the bird eats the insect, the insect uh, eats the putrefying fruit or the, or the putrefying flesh, we see a cycle of nature taking place that's not about violence per se or ego per se for, for the sake of carnal pleasure, violence for the sake of violence, um, destroying for the sake of destroying. 
It's about staying alive. It's about eating for nourishment. It's about eating so you don't therefore starve and, 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 and deny yourself life force. But often when we see voodoo, how it is demonstrated, not just in our movies, but in many of these pop cultural books that are circulating the market, um, we see ego. When we see the Nigerian scammers and the West African scammers and the European scammers and the American scammers, um, and, and they post the boxes of money, and they and they post the the you know the two dolls tied together and the idea that you know we can bind your lover and make them only love you and make them only want to have sex with you. Who really wants to have a robot for a partner? Who wants to have a zombie? A zombie might be a better word for a partner. It is our Haitian skeleton key or, or, or serpent in the rainbow understanding of zombie that often mirrors how people want to view the love step. They, they have to be here because I want them to be here because they can't be anywhere else. You're asking for a zombie, not, not a lover not an extension of, of a soul-created relationship that has endured time, space, and, and, and multi-dimensional realms of time and space, you're asking for, for a zombie. And so that's witchcraft. And that's negative manifestations of spirit power and spirit magic that are not present in real, authentic, Voodoo practice. They're only present in in uh, bastardization and appropriations of traditional, authentic, indigenous, ethnocultural world practice. I'm truly enjoying uh, your questions and your comments. Um, certainly do appreciate you. Please do type them in in all capitals so I can respond to them out loud for you. Those that talk down about voodoo, at least as, are those some of the same ones who who are doing rituals behind closed doors? Uh, You know, that's that's sort of like asking, are those who, you know, sort of talk down about about homosexuals, are are they then inherently um, skeptical? Uh, are they inherently suspect, I should say? Are they inherently uh, insecure uh, because of their own inner world, inner thinking about homosexuals? Um, to some degree, there are a great deal of religious folk, public folk, who don't publicly support voodoo, who there might be therefore might be accessed it in private. Um, I don't know so much about those who might be completely denigrating it in public and then relying on it in, in private, um, understanding that that energy then has to come back to them. If they're indeed a voodoo uh, adherent, a voodoo believer, uh, then they know that the loa and the, and the voodoo as they call it in West Africa, um, know your belief, know where you are in, in your positioning on, on, on what you're doing, 
and then what the public demonstration is. I think there's more of a community of people who are doing it. And again, not saying it, not talking about it, might be uh, presenting and promoting themselves more as something else, Christian, Muslim, some, some other belief system, but then are completely hiding and masking their interaction uh, with the with the voodoo altogether. So so we do see a great deal of that. Um, people who who visit me, who come to me from across uh, a variety of places, ethnic groups, cultural background, but also philosophical and and religious um, belief systems who want to access voodoo primarily for the reasons that many people want to access how I describe witchcraft, um, but selfish goals, selfish ends. Um, indeed, there are the few that want healing, uh, magical healing. Um, the doctor said this can't be healed, this can't be repaired, this can't be addressed. Um, and, and so, yes, absolutely, um, holistic healing, indigenous healing, faith healing can be applied in that arena in a way that's positive. Uh, but the idea of, of witchcraft um, being used for good is an oxymoron. It's like oil and war, two things that don't congeal, two things that don't gel together um, at all at, at, the, at the root level. Um, I'm losing my own personal momentum. I need some hydration and some food. I am certainly grateful for each and every one for being present here uh, for two hours at high noon. You have to spend time to be present with me here in this sacred space of God and God is just for revolutionary hoodoo, New Orleans hoodoo, secrets and uh, recipes. Um, I do invite you to not Utilize the donation button um, as it is built into the platform. But if you want to send your offering in or donate, paypal.me forward slash the divine print can also be found by way of my website. Um, it's also um, a part of my signature automatic signature within my email request. So if you would send me a your comment. Or your request by way of email, I would certainly be more than happy to assist you um, in that regard. Of course, I accept all your questions, your comments, your appointment requests, your ritual requests, your initiation requests, your desires to be godchildren, your desires to be members of the house, uh, your desires to be members of King Black Hulu by way of email at divine. DivinePrince.com. You can also find that by way of my website at www.houseofdivineprince.com. I most certainly appreciate your time, your consideration, your listenership, your participation. I'm going to uh, end the live uh, YouTube live broadcast um, in a few moments. Um, I'll probably end the Blog Talk Radio broadcast 
um, after I play a song or two. And I do look forward to connecting with you, being present here with you and for you uh, on tomorrow, November 28, 2019. All is truly and indeed a blessing. I say.
gonna put on my Greek grease suit. Black top hat, black suit too. Same old ride that Moses threw. I'm gonna get them balls out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black sheets too. Gonna pray at that old cemetery down on Claiborne where she's buried. A dash of cayenne to the room. Gonna put on my green grease suit. Congo Square. The almost. Indians, the Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. The Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. And as the colonizers came, our host, the Omus Indians, they pushed aside our host. The colonizers came and pushed aside our host and introduced us in chains. And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of Les Places de Congo, we somehow, and the how of our somehow persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment. But nevertheless, even as slaves, we crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, thusly we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves, save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life and celebrates death with crosses and crosses, double and triple crosses, the middle passage, the first cross, Christianity, the double cross, and capitalism, the ultimate triple coup de grace cross of our captivity. But the terror of crosses notwithstanding, we sang. We 
beat. We be, we was and is. Hail Congo Square. Congo, Congo Square. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated inside the beat of us. Inside the beat of us. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate. A world harrowed by the beat. Beat, beat, being, beating, being of black heart drums. Heart beat. Heart beat. Heart beat at this place. At this place, beat, heart beat, beat. We beating place in new world space. Beating, being in place in new world, preserving our ancient pace. Our dance is the God walk. Our music, the God talk. First thing we do, let's get together. Circle ourselves into community. No beginning, no end. Connected together and singing, ringing, Singing in a ring. Second, let's be original, aboriginal. Be what we were before we became what we are. Be bambula dance. Be bonza music. And sing song words which have no English translation. Third, let us remember. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. The bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy, must retain and pass on the essential us-ness that others want to dissipate with out Hello. of us. Whoa! But no matter, no matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, Deep inside us is us. Deep inside us is us. Remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free. The beat to free us. It is morning. A sun day. A feel. A feel. Without shade, but dark, dark with the people black of us in various, various, various shades, eclipsing the sun with our elegance. 
We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember, to beat, to be. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember. To beat, to be, beat Congo Square, be Congo Square, beat, be, beat. Remember. Remember. 